Welcome back to the Retro Nomopod, a nostalgia and pop culture podcast from the past, present, and future. I am your host, Toby. And as always, across this beautiful green fields of Windows XP, I have my co-host Rick with me. What's up, buddy? Oh, I was going to say, I was looking outside, I'm like, we don't have any green right now looking at us. It's a lot of white, and it's not the cocaine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> Hang on. All right, uh, we're back. Yeah, Let's do this. Yeah. So Colorado got uh, their fourth. Well, I shouldn't say Colorado, because like places didn't see stuff. But the Denver area got their fourth largest blizzard ever in recorded history yeah which seems weird because i was kind of underwhelmed like i've been waiting on that like and maybe it's because we're in the future i don't know like i have a jeep on 35s like there's not a lot of snow that wouldn't tempt me but like you see pictures of like blizzards in the 80s and the 70s and like the shit shut down and it's like c dots out here with goddamn spaceships removing snow barely you know, but it's like I went to work today, one day after the fourth largest blizzard in Colorado history. That we do. Anyways, that's, I didn't, that's, I didn't want to start on Colorado weather because we shit all over the meteorologist what? for like four days. <laughs> <laughs> and then we Saturday, get pooped on. They're like, there's like all these memes going around where typical man promise you 12 inches, but you only get two kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. Pretty the, funny. The best one I saw was uh, uh, the blizzard arrived in Colorado, immediately went to the dispensary, and then sat in line at In-N-Out Burger and was surprisingly late to the show. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Colorado got, we got snowed on. Um, yeah, we got snowed on. It was fun, but it's all over now. It's currently snowing outside right now as well, but we're not scared of this one. I wasn't scared of the last one. I don't went to work yesterday. Neither was. I wouldn't have did anything, but I would have went. (laughs) You would have been there by yourself. Yeah. I'm like, what's up now, bitches? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, cool. Do you want to drop this on this question of the week? Let's do this. The way we started every week, well, slightly start it, because we usually go off the rails, and then we're like, wait, get back on track. This Question of the week from previous week is what fictional language would you want to know how to speak slash write? This one seems like a gimme because like how many fictional languages are there? Like I can think of two so many. and okay. You said so many what and now mean? I'm like racking my brain because now I feel like an idiot. There's a lot. Well, I'm sure there are like I can make up a fictional language right now, you know? But it's it's easy for me for a couple reasons. First of all, because I love it. Second, I pride myself on penmanship. And like, as I've gotten older mm. and not written a lot, my penmanship's kind of mm. faded, but I still pride myself on it. I have to go with Elvish. Like, mm. and and not even for the like verbal of it. That's not the right way to phrase, phrase that, but... It, it's all about the written for me like the the it looks like calligraphy and like all the lines merge but then there's you know dots and accents and stuff and it just like it's the most beautiful written language i've ever seen 
And I would have to go with Elvish. And I know that's like a basic bitch answer, but that's my answer. It's probably the easiest one to, because it's Elvish. Like it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it. that's not great. Like you could obviously go the fictional. Oh, I'm gonna go Klingon. But then, like if you've ever seen it, it's just it's gross. It's like reading it's, Russian. It's, no offense to it's anybody. Very, it's very much like a sci-fi written language where it's like every little thing is like it's not like Elvish where it flows and it looks like yeah, it's beautiful. Just like they other, are. Like, yeah. 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 What about you? What are you choosing here? I mean, again, I like you. I'd probably go Elvish just because it's that. But like to speak, like it's so elegant and stuff. But I think I'd rather go with something that's a bit more harsh sounding. Like, um, uh, 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 I mean, Klingon is the go-to because that was yeah. very like, brof, 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 which I probably just curse somebody out. But you know, so, so let me sorry, throw this curveball. Okay, what if? Because Elvish is a very elegant language. It's it hearing it spoken but it's also being spoken by soft spoken people now i want to know what elvish sounds like as a second language to a german oh oh like it's probably okay, not as yeah. pretty so yeah it's, it's that probably would be not interesting they're like elvish is my first language german is my second oof that's a weird combo yeah it it'd be or It'd be interesting to hear the different dialects, you know, of someone learning a language. What what is natively spoken versus oh, I just came from Texas and I'm I'm gonna learn this Elvish <laughs> language, I swear to God. Right, right hand on like, the Bible right now. We gonna we gonna know what these elves are saying because I know that they're gonna be working at my stores and shit. That that's probably racist. I don't know. I, I might have I don't know. It's like is there like a Creole version of Elvish where it's like it's still English, but it's so like slang ridden and like using shortcut terms and stuff that like does it become a different thing entirely? It's like you the debate when you were going through school and people that took Spanish. All right. I was an idiot. I took French because it was the romance language. And actively, I should have taken. Spanish, but you always hear the rumors that the Spanish that you learn in school is not the Spanish that they speak in the streets. You know, completely different language. You get the basis of it, but not everything. And it's not technically correct to what you're going to hear and listen to in the real world versus reading it out of a book. Yeah, it's the different, like you said, it's like learning it from a program or, or like a, like a things instead of like, you know, going to the country and submerging yourself in the culture and everything where you basically have to survive. And the next thing you know, you lure, you learn it better because it's just, you're inundated, inundated with it all. Yeah. It's back to our original point though. Elvish. That's what I want to learn. Elvish. I want to, yeah, I want to speak it. I want to write it more, but if it's the combination of the two, this is somewhat of a biased opinion for me because you said a lot. I could think of two, and that was Klingon and Elvish. Binary. I mean, there's... But that's there's, not like a fictional you know, language. There's like Dothraki from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, there's, true. I'm almost there's finished always with like that. Dwarf, like, D&D has a list of names of like languages, Dwarvish, Draconian. The thing is, is I'm only <laughs> thinking of things that I've actually heard. You know, gotcha, and like yeah. D&D's list of, of 
languages is like, yeah, I could angelic is a fucking language. If I don't have to explain it to yeah. you or you have to hear it or see it, it's not a real fucking language. Tolkien was just That's like, fair. check it, bitch. I created this. And then now you have the Lord of the Rings <laughs> because I created a language. I, we have this. Now. Yeah, it's fair. And that's the whole reason why it's like why that one's so sought after, because he did like legitly make that language just for the book. So it's yeah, that's a crazy person. That's a crazy person. Yeah. Somebody who's going to sit down and made it make it where you could go out and speak it legitly and it'd be treated like another language rather than, oh, pirate. That That's a good one, too. You could speak pirate. That's that's. Uh, Isn't that's there a, a good... name for that? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> um, if there I is, I would, I would imagine it'd be like something like. Buccaneer speech of the sea <laughs> speech of the sea uh, it's my so elvish is our language I, we're gonna move along because i bought some stuff and i kind of alluded to it last week uh with some of my ebay pickups uh but i bought some stuff i actually bought an extra thing well i didn't buy it but i inherited it into the collection uh but my ebay stuff came in which is cool and again this is the Visual stuff of an audio podcast mostly, but I got my arcade edition Xbox 360. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, these are the two last week I spoke about. They both have red wings or red wings. I just (laughs) there's red wings in the chat. It, I read it red rings. Uh, they both have red rings, and it's as long as it's the red wing, god damn it. As long as it's the red ring that it should be, I know how to fix it. So we're going to try to fix it. The pride and joy, the new pride and joy of the collection, is I've reacquired my Halo 3 special edition Xbox 360. Uh, Like I said last week, these things are shooting up in price right now. So a complete one in decent, like a decent box complete, is going to run you like anywhere from 250 to 300 bucks right now. Uh, I picked up both of the Xboxes, both complete, both with red rings uh, for 120 bucks shipped. Boom. Got them both. So we're going to try to fix the red ring and I'll have my Halo edition for $60. And then I'm going to try to fix that red ring and sell it. The surprise of the week, I want to get through this fast is I have a Switch that I don't play very often, but I introduced Daisy to Animal Crossing last year. She she plays Animal Crossing. <laughs> that girl's got some hours in Animal Crossing. Well, inevitably, with all the play that the Switch has gotten lately, my left Joy-Con has started to drift. And for anyone that keeps track of like the Nintendo stuff, it's a class action lawsuit right now for that left Joy-Con drift. Mine did it. So we're talking about buying new Joy-Cons. Joy-Cons are like 80 bucks for the pair. Ridiculous. And um, Daisy's been kind of wanting her own Switch. I've kind of thrown out the lights to her and everything. Well, she says, fuck it. And Best Buy in Denver has Animal Crossing Switches in stock switches 
So, this, this special edition uh, Animal Crossing Switch is actually pretty badass. It has like a white dock with it with like these pastel colored Joy-Cons. They, uh, it, it's pretty sick. But like I said, this past weekend I shot out before our blizzard. And uh, Daisy bought herself a Switch, which of course is cool for me because it's a brand new Switch. And I get to throw in the collection with my other one. So didn't plan on buying a second one, but now we have two. I didn't have nice. to buy it. So that's exciting. That's pretty wild. It's uh God, that's exciting. Like the Halo Xbox 360 takes me back. I remember seeing that on the shelf and being like, oh man, I should buy that. Oh man, I should really buy that. And you know, and it's just like, no, 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 you know, like it sometimes it's hard to fight the temptation for me they're never worth it like i just the halo 3 one it i had one at one point like i had one in my possession not in the box but i had the actual halo 3 360 at one point i got rid of 90 percent of my collection going through like 18 to 21 and you guys can take yeah. your guesses on what i sold all my stuff for it was a there were some fun years between 18 and 21. Uh, I feel like it, that happens to everybody. There's the, those times where you like not put away childish things, but that's kind of what it is where you're like, Oh, that's what I did when I was a kid. Now I'm an adult and I can do things and pay for things myself. And then like you get rid of stuff that you look back on and you're like, Oh fuck. You know, I, I have a lot of those, especially like being a collector. I've went through so many different collections in my entire life. That it's like, if I'd have just hoarded all this stuff, we'd be rich. <laughs> oh, before we get on to news, speaking of that, I oh. spoke with my mom last week. We talked about Thai Beanie Babies uh, mm, yeah. a while back. A while. Yeah, uh, a little bit my mother has almost all of our original bears, including two Princess Diana like bears. Oh! So I now have... Two of the Princess Diana bears. I have the entire set of the minis that McDonald's gave away for Happy Meals. And I have probably 20 other bears that my mom has kept through the years from when we were collecting ties heavy. So, like, there's some pricey bears in there. The Princess Di bears are are insanely sought after, and we have two of them. So one was original, one my mom found along the way. But one of them is the one that we bought my mom brand yeah. new when that bear came out because we were in the height oh, of a beanie baby face good so, job mom way to hold on to your stuff and be a collector yourself oh no dude Toby luckily for me <laughs> we're all hoarders but we're hoarders of particular things it's one of those things nothing wrong with that hey if if, if you could do god that's cool yeah Shoo! that's great well, going off the back of that, like, let's get into it. Like, the first story that we've got here is pretty damned exciting. So, a while ago, a few years back, Toys R Us had to close the door and just couldn't afford to keep themselves in business. Looks like they're coming back, right? Sort of. This one's kind of weird because there was a company that bought them um, that kind of invests in, in Toys R Us. It, it kept them from like losing their name. Like they filed mm. bankruptcy protection or whatever. This company buys them out. So with everything that accumulated, like with Toys R Us, with 
them filing for bankruptcy, trying to do a couple pop-up stores, trying to keep everything alive, and then COVID hits, and it was just a recipe for disaster. These people, the more that I read into this, aren't trying to bring Toys R Us back as like a whole. They're not like, we're not going to have Toys R Us of old. They're going to bring it back to kind of capitalize on that nostalgia fill. And this is one of the reasons why I threw it in there. It It's really just like a a money grab. Because right now, Toys R Us still has a website. If you go to their website, their website sends you to Amazon if you want to buy anything from them. So what these guys wow. are trying to do is they're just going to try to bring up small, like, indie toy stores, it seems like, that are aimed at, like, pocket nostalgia like people walking past and being like is that a toys r us and walking in and having you know probably a high up selection of things that like people want during the christmas season or sought after toys because if you're a toy or a game maker why wouldn't you sell your stuff to toys r us because that name sales it sells you know yeah. yeah so it's one of those things where it's the concept is cool and i understand why they're doing it but it, at the same time, it almost feels like being taken advantage of because the kids that do know Toys R Us, of course, are going to flock there. And God forbid they do a Toys R Us exclusive with these little pop-up stores because it'll be unaffordable oh in a second. We don't want to get on that. Yeah. But the concept's <laughs> cool. Keep the name alive. Maybe maybe kids in the future, will, you know, maybe it'll go back to the olden days where we're not buying everything offline. It, it really does, the older we get, like kind of become a bummer because the more technology that comes into our lives, the less that kids nowadays will have the same random joys, you know, because we look forward to stuff all year long. Like I look forward to the Toys R Us catalog at Christmas because it was fucking encyclopedia Britannica full of just (laughs) fucking toys that my parents were probably not going to get me, you know, but now like kids are just like, I want a Supreme hoodie or I want some other fucking limited run bullshit and it sucks. Yeah. And I feel bad for those kids and they're trying to cancel Dr. Seuss. Fuck them. And that that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to capitalize on that and do the, your favorite two words, limited run everything. They're going to throw Jeffrey on it and yeah. you, you walk by wherever the pop-up happens. You'd be like, Oh, I got, I I gotta jump on this thing. But the other side of it is that they're also final. On top of that, babies are us. Like this is coming from a pure like that was a good shop to have around because you could go to them and know that you could get any of your kids stuff that you needed. Like through the kids I had, luckily enough, you know, we were able to get the stuff that we needed. But like they closed in 2017, and it's like I've got friends now who are having kids that are like. We can no longer just go to Babies R Us and, you know, get a gift certificate for them to go and go hog well and have a shopping spree. Now we're like Amazon or Target, yeah. you know, and like having to like, maybe they can get what they need here. Oh, not quite because quantity's limited in these big box stores. Yeah. And everything's a race because, you know, the way that people are, it's like I said, it's kind of a bummer, you know, only because it yeah. just feels it's not what we want. But they're using the name to tease us, which sucks, you know, given we're adults. But you give me the chance to walk into a full Toys R Us nowadays, I'm opening the Toys R Us credit card immediately. Give me six months interest free. I'm maxing it out. And I'll come back in six months after I paid off my debt. (laughs) Done. Yeah, just 
let me live my childhood fantasy of doing the you know two minute kid shopping spree where I grab as much as I can to throw it in the cart mm-hmm. and just be like, ah! it's and last thing I'm gonna say about it, and the reason that a place like that should work and and kids just don't have that fill when Daisy and I grocery shop, Daisy not a big fan of going to the grocery store. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. If she does groceries, she does the, you know, drive up and go where she'll put everything in the car or whatever. For me, not a fan because like then someone else has and and someone else has the choices that I would have had if I was there. And second, I don't know what I want until I'm there. And I like walk past Ritz crackers and I was like, I want those fucking Ritz crackers. You're right. Safeway. (laughs) Cool. You know, so it's one of those things where like kids can I like I can't I don't window shop, you know, like I, you know, I'll do some research or whatever, but I'm not looking at stuff that I can't buy or afford or whatever it may be. But kids these days can just scroll through Amazon, whereas like I walk through a store. My mom was like, you have twenty dollars in 30 minutes. OK, so I fuck book around the store and I'm looking at everything that's nineteen ninety nine or less. You know, I'm looking at the $25 toys like maybe I could talk her into it. I don't know. And now kids are just like credit cards on file on the iPhone. Like, cool. I want that. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's a bummer to see like I'm sure it'll benefit the kids at some point and they're growing up with technology and it's going to advance technology. I still to this day think that people that were born from 80 to 94 is the best generation ever. We, we didn't have to deal with draft. We grew up without technology in the same way that our baby boomer parents did. Well, neither one of our parents are baby boomers, I guess. But anyways, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah. But then we got to grow up as technology was like, hey, here's a cell phone. It was like, what the fuck Mm -hmm. is a cell phone? Because I didn't have the Internet to tell me that there was a cell phone, you know. But eventually I got the Internet and I got smaller cell phones and I got home computers and I got. NESs and Xbox Ones and custom built computers. You know, like my computer is lit up like a goddamn Fourth of July fireworks show right now. The first time I ever took a computer apart, it was a Windows 95 gateway computer. Hey, Zoomers, what is a gateway computer? You don't fucking know. All right. I shocked myself. I finally realized why you had to unplug computers before you worked on them because there's power going through that. <laughs> That's how I learned. You watch YouTube on your fucking $2,000 cell phone computer to build your $4,000 fucking computer. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I got I got nothing to add to that. Like yeah, I don't I don't know why Toys R Us got me off on. I was not preempting that one. <laughs> I I don't know. I've been on one the last couple of weeks. I'm I'm ready for a goddamn final jeopardy right now. Uh, i'm i'm just gonna we're just gonna move on because i don't know where there's no smooth transition from this uh mountain dew um hopefully someday we'll be a a, you know a sponsor of this fantastic podcast because you know we talk about it enough but uh whether that happens or not they do interesting things recently they did uh this weird thing. It was back on the 6th, so it's a little behind its time, but you can still go online to youtube.com backslash Mountain Dew uh, to watch this video where essentially you get to 
watch this lost episode of Bob Ross, where he essentially paints a wonderful mountainscape with a Mountain Dew bottle in it. And they did that deep fake stuff, you know, the fake look where they got somebody who looks close enough or whatever. And like he totally does a full on episode where he's painting happy little, you know, dew drops and refreshing and all that stuff. So the reason this like cracks me up, I already went off and I ran on Toys R Us. I don't even want to get started on this. If you go look at the comments on this Twitter post, people are roasting them because it is a little disrespectful to do this deep fake shit and like use someone's dead personality they, to benefit they got themselves. Permission from Bob Ross's. They uh, didn't get the state. permission from fucking Bob Ross. I don't give a fuck what his family thinks. <laughs> It's fucking, I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're literally computer generating shit that did not happen. They are physically putting words in this man's mouth. He's not around to tell him no. And of course your family's going to be like, how much money? Ah, oh, fuck it. Use it. I don't care if you show his dick with the big black guy on the couch's dick. I don't care. They're just, just do it for Pepsi money. I don't, I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of the deep fake stuff. I think it's like. It's it's a weird invasion of privacy to a person that has no privacy because they're dead. It is pretty good. Like some of these comments are like they are there. The Twitter comments the went too. hard. I haven't seen anyone drink Mountain Dew since Halo 2. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, Game Fuel came out for what? Halo 3? That shit's still around? I was in high school. That's uh, Mountain Dew's been around forever and a day. Uh, but anyway, that's a fun story. Go check out the YouTube video if you're into Bob Ross or... I'm going to watch it. It's fucking Bob Ross. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking Bob Ross. I watched you know. the Tupac hologram fucking do a concert on YouTube. I'm... Whatever. <laughs> I just don't agree with it. That doesn't mean I'm not going to partake. The principles being what they are. Fun it's all fun. in good fun. But you're right. There are some, like, ethical, moral kind of conundrums yeah. that pop up that make you question the you know yeah there yeah, there's it. some ethical <laughs> things that i don't want to get into right now i already went hard on toys r us <laughs> so here's some wild stuff so a few weeks ago we talked about how tim burton's going to be doing an adam's family um tv series well news just dropped that rob zombie yes that rob zombie is working on a uh, a monsters the monsters movie Hmm. What are your thoughts? I love everything that Rob Zombie does. Mm-hmm. Are they going to make the monsters scary? Is he going to mm-hmm. keep the comedic part of the monsters? I I don't know. I don't know. This this combination because he's a fan personally. Rob Zombie's like a yeah. fan. So for sure, I. I don't know if it's something that I want to see with zombies name attached to it at the same time for anybody that's a fan of the monsters. I believe he'll do a good job. I don't yeah. think it'll be like a bad version of, of the monsters, especially if he's a fan. Yeah. But for me, this do doesn't shake my peach tree. Do you think he'll do that modern thing and put hit his, his twist on it? Like, so often is the case when they try to 
I mean, you've seen the Halloween remakes. A lot of people don't yeah. like them. I actually enjoyed them. I think they yeah. they made him seem like a absolute monster. Like you don't mess with this guy in the mask, and there's a reason for it. Yeah. He will just kill you in a bathroom stall and not think twice about it. Yeah, he's you on know? a mission. Like, so it makes me wonder, but or is he going to stick to the more kookiness that the original monsters were known for? I think he would you have know? to. That that's really the debate. But I think that he would have to, or else it kind of like diminishes the respect of what it is. You know, people don't watch it hoping for something different. They watch it because they enjoy it for, enjoy it for what it is. And if he's a yeah. true fan, he would keep that kookiness. You know, yeah, maybe he puts a little spin. Maybe the makeup's a little darker. Yeah. You know, but the content of the show, I think, has to kind of stay along the lines of original monsters or else it loses its pizzazz, especially for true fans of that that show. Or movie. It'd be cool to see him go like hard into the makeup and make him really horrifying looking, mm-hmm. but still give him the personalities of like, I'm just the bumbling dad kind of type yeah. or the upbeat son, but yet they look like. This is a dude who's a sewn together corpse. Like, yeah, he's I think that would be a good take. Vampire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I really do think that would be that. That you're exactly right. That's what I want it to be. If it's that, I'm watching it 100. Yeah. percent Like 100 percent because I like the monsters is a little before my time. I never got into it growing up. I was really like, I'm not a huge fan of black and white. I, I'm really not. Were you, uh, are you, it's that age old question. Are you more for Adam's family or more for the monsters? Adam's family, a hundred percent. But I was also blessed with an Adam's family movie in my childhood. I was never blessed with like a monsters or a good monsters movie. It was Mm. just the monsters and what they were, you know, whereas Adam's family, I had a rendition that I watched as a child before I saw the original. So of course I already had kind of like, a liking to the family itself. You know, I had background in the Adams family. I have no background in the monsters. Yeah. Oh, huh. interesting. But that's, that it's a rumor right now, but hopefully that actually something that actually comes to fruition. Cause I'd love to see what he would do, you know, to put his mark on it. Cause I'd want him to make it his own. I wouldn't want him to cop out completely and just do a copy paste of the original. Cause if you're going to do that, just go back and watch the old episodes. You know, I want him to do his thing against it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see like what he thinks of and how that, like what he can do for that show, especially a modern take on it and a Rob Zombie take nonetheless. So yeah. it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that one. For sure. Looks like uh, that uh, Bethesda deal with Xbox is uh, paying off already because they dropped 20 Bethesda games over the uh, weekend, which is an insane amount, especially for that company, Bethesda, because they've done so much good shit over the years. That yeah. It's wild. So <laughs> I have Game Pass on the PC. Um, I, it's one of the greatest things. It was some, one of the greatest things ever given to, to, to gaming in general is things like Game Pass. Uh, I pay $10 a month to Microsoft. And I've got hundreds of games to choose from and a lot of great titles. The Bethesda's dropped this past week, and I've already downloaded one, one that I've never played. And I know people are going to get pissed because we talked about Assassin's Creed. Skyrim. I've never played a Morrowind game ever. 
So I downloaded Skyrim. I'm waiting to start it because I don't know if I even want to jump into this fucking pool. Uh, but they added a bunch of stuff. They added all of like the Elder Scrolls game. They added all the Doom games. Uh, Prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sweet. Quite the evil uh, stuff. The Fallout stuff. Yep, Fallout Four on there. Three and then seventy six. I think. Um, yeah. Whatever the. Um, I just I just had it and lost my train of thought. But yeah, yeah, they added twenty titles. I've looked through a lot of these and the it's, evil. Um, the evil within. Evil Within. Evil Within. Yeah, they added that one. That one, great game. I got that one for 360. Great game. Uh, but yeah, they they added a ton of like an amazing games to play, like more than enough hours to get you through a year just in Bethesda titles alone. With the Fallouts and all of the Elder Scrolls, come on. And then you're not even getting into the Dooms because they added weird stuff too, like Doom 64. They added a port yeah. of Doom 64. <laughs> Yeah, it's no. like rock on, dude. So Got some it, Wolfenstein if you want to go retro oh, too. Like, yeah. It's it the the list you can go on and on. I mean, twenty games and every single one of them are so satisfactory in their own right that it's like for ten, fifteen dollars, whatever you're paying a month for the game pass is such a freaking bargain that it's mind blowing because you would spend hundreds of dollars to acquire these titles, but you don't need to. It's just it's there. Yeah. What's even cooler is because Microsoft does so much with, I mean, Microsoft owns Windows. So I think it's $15 a month. If you own a PC and an Xbox One, you get Xbox Live Gold for your Xbox One and Xbox Game Pass for your PC for 15 bucks or something. Yeah. Like it's yeah. an amazing deal and something that now I'm thinking about. I may buy Game Pass because my Xbox is right here behind me, like hooked up to the TV, ready to go. Maybe I'd throw some, like, Doom or something on there. I don't know. Play something in my spare yeah. time, and I have to worry about streaming it. Which I'm not doing anyway, but we're going to get better at some point. I'm getting <laughs> seasonal get depression, boys. Bear with me. Get over the hump. <laughs> um, so, uh, Bruce Campbell is probably one of the greatest uh, actors, people, people in general in Hollywood. Uh, but it looks like he's going to be a part of a new uh, television series for ABC called Adopted um, that was written by, or sorry, co-written by Jimmy Kimmel. I'm sure everybody's heard that name, like The Man Show or his late night show. But uh, it's basically going to be like uh, this ex-army dude in civilian life and Bruce Campbell's playing his dad, who's the gruff and ready to go old school kind of style. This is how you raise a kid. And there's an adopted kid. And that's the adopted element of the show is that he gets his adopted. Uh, I think it's. Hang on. That'll make it easier. When a green beret returns home to Texas for military service, he and his family struggle with the challenges of adopting his new brother, a 12 year old Russian boy. Huh? No, not at all. No. Nothing about it. Not even the fact that it's Bruce Campbell. I know. I, I maybe I'm not catching the joke. I, I there's no joke. That's just. Oh, you're asking I, me my opinion on the show in general. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest, and this is gonna be uh, probably yeah. against popular opinion. I'm not interested. I don't care. And it's sad to say, but and I hate that actors get this, and I 
understand why it sucks for them because they get put in this zone to where they can't get out of. He's always going to be Ash to me. Yeah. It's literally the only thing I ever want to see him in. Even though Bubba Hotep, I thought was very good. Like Bubba Hotep was pretty, pretty fucking good. But I, I just, I, I'm good. Like you are, (laughs) you are the evil dead series to me. Like that is, that is the reason that I love you. It's the reason that I follow you as a human being and as an actor, not interested in this whatsoever. It does not, (laughs) Do anything for me at all, and, uh, I, and there's nothing wrong with that for sure. Like, unfortunately for Bruce Campbell, uh, you know he's been pigeonholed as that role, and Pigeon the only hold. other successful stuff that he was successful in is well, the Stars TV series Ash versus the Evil Dead, where it's like him going and reprising that role, super successful for him. So it's like, unfortunately for him, he. He was so good as Ash that, unfortunately, I don't think he'll amount more to that. Although he's pretty good in Burn Notice and Man with Screaming Brain is fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, if he's not doing B-movies and he's not Ash, yeah. it's 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 sometimes a little heartbreaking to see him <laughs> and anything else where you just want to say, Say the line! Say yeah. the line! Say groovy! <laughs> like I said, I just... And it sucks for him. I understand that, you know, and it, it's a bummer. But as a fan, I'm a fan for a reason. Not because you're crazy good acting skills, but because of yeah. what your movies meant to me growing up. He reminds me of like a lounge singer where like they peaked at a certain time and they've just been holding on to that time for a while. Nothing against it. And he's super fun to watch and in interviews and stuff. He's super like great. But yeah, in all of his roles, it's always like, Oh, it's Ash as a cowboy. This should be interesting. Exactly. Uh, Looks like HBO is planning on doing a uh, a documentary. God, why can't I say that today? Uh, A a, a documentary on Paul Rubens, who you all make. (laughs) A mockumentary? (laughs) God damn. Sometimes the mind just fizzles out. I I know, dude. But yeah, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, they're going to be doing a two-part documentary about him, which is fascinating because he's one of those. Figures. And just to clarify, it's the documentary is about Paul Rubin, yeah. who created Pee Wee Herman. It, yes. Again, we talk about pigeonholed characters. You know? <laughs> oh, this guy. And I mean, Pee Wee Herman. I'm I'm sure it was a big part of your childhood. It was a big part of mine, and. Like between Pee Wee's Playhouse and Pee Wee's Big Adventure, even though I think it was what Pee Wee under the Big Top or whatever, whatever the second movie yeah, was, I don't remember big watching top, that. Big Top Pee Wee, yeah. yeah, Big Top Pee Wee. I didn't watch yeah. that one a whole bunch, but Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Pee Wee's Playhouse was on rerun for most of my childhood. Oh, so like, yeah. it, I'll be curious because I never knew where he came from. That character was always just that character to me, and even just reading through this article. And like talking about him being in like a comedy group in LA and he brings out this character and all of a sudden their comedy group blows up. Like Mm -hmm. the story is super interesting on how he came big and with HBO doing it, who has a history with, with HBO doing it, it'll be really interesting to see. Like, I'm sure there were a lot of like high times and a lot of really low times 
to just being Pee Wee Herman. And yeah. so like I'm I'm super into this. I'm I'm actually kind of very excited to see what they bring up. And I have HBO right now, so bring it on. I want to see yeah. the trials and tribulations I, of, of Paul Rubens. I'm so down for this. It's ridiculous. Pee-wee's Playhouse was such an integral part of my upbringing where my dad would do that secret word thing where every time we'd watch it, you know, on the weekend, Saturday mornings. And like for the rest of the day, if we ever heard the secret word, you know, whatever it might be, if we said it or if somebody said it, ah, you know, and just get loud and crazy and do the little experiments he would do like, you know, from that show, I learned that, hey, you could take fruit juice and freeze it. And guess what? You've got a really nice treat before that. Nope. But after that, it's like, oh, you changed my world view on delicious treats. Something you could do even later on in life. Just little things. Yeah. Again, we talk about kids that or things that kids don't get nowadays. That That's a that's a big one. They just don't they don't have the same experiences that we did. And I'm sure every generation says that. But it really is a bummer. Like. I don't want to grow up in the thirties. You know, I don't want to grow around pushing a fucking hoop with a stick, <laughs> but I wholeheartedly believe that we had the best of both worlds growing up and kids these days won't know, you know, despite that, like a good game of kick the can who do sometimes still... you get that, you get that thing and you're like, Woo! dude, I still do it with like rocks and shit on the ground. Yeah. I just kick just that kick bitch. And it's like, if it going? goes in a straight line and you get to kick it a second time, yeah. especially if there you get the go. step count right and you get to do it in step, you don't have to stutter step. Yeah. Oh, Bro. man. I'm just talking about hooping a stick. Fuck that game. Kick a can. <laughs> that shit is on a different level. <laughs> that, that's where it all originates. Kick the can. <laughs> Back to this, though. I'm super interested. I, I, I'll be very interested to see how they do it because it's. I think you said it, but it's like a, oh, a two-part series. Yeah, two-part. So I imagine it's going to be like three hours of like Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubin history. I'm into it. Because Phil Hartman was actually one of uh, his original stage show, Phil Hartman, uh, from like Saturday Night Live and a bunch of uh, early 90s movies. Um, He was a big part of that. He played, uh, I I couldn't tell you the character. I think he was the cowboy originally before or ever for the show, but like at any rate, it the history of it and the people he's been connected to, like at one point he was the biggest thing. You know, yeah. during the eighties he couldn't have been bigger. And then he kind of went under and he came back a few years ago with like a Christmas special. And it's okay, but nothing matches like that original film that or interview. the show, unfortunately. But it just goes back gosh. to what we were saying with Toys R Us, that they're just playing off of like our feelings, which sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't. We're either happy or mad. And I'm, yeah, I'm okay with it. It's, yeah. uh, yeah. I'll be yeah. interested to watch this one though. It'll, it'll be, it should be good. Yeah. Him as, him as the spleen in Mystery Men is one of the best oh. superhero gags. Like, you forget about that. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and he's like, he tests the, like, he, he tries for the AC and, you know, he's like, he, and then he's like, pull my finger. And then <laughs> he's a fart sniper. Like, he's a fart. <laughs> y'all can't see it, but Rick's losing his shit oh. right now <laughs> over mystery men. <laughs> I love that movie. We talk shit about that movie on the outside. That movie is so freaking good. It's unbelievable. And half of it is because Paul Rubens is this weirdo in the whole thing. But, 
Sorry. Uh, <laughs> moving right along. Um, so Disney XD recently announced that they're doing a final season of DuckTales. It might have already premiered or finished up. Uh, uh, it was a retell or reimagining of the old classic from the 80s that uh, I grew up with and then watching this one. Unbelievable, fantastic, but that's neither here nor there. But what they're doing is they're doing a fun thing. They're taking the voice talent that was on that show and they're basically doing like a fake late night talk show using them in it. Uh, it's going to be a podcast. I don't know if I mentioned that, but seven part podcast. I hate when people call stuff podcasts. All right. To me, podcasts are audio forms of talks, web shows, whatever you want to call them. What they're doing is like a web series, a video series. Because they mm. call it a podcast, but yet you'll be able to listen to the podcast Disney, Disney XD VOD, Disney Now, or Disney XD's YouTube channel. Can I get it on Apple Podcasts? Because if I can't, I don't think it's a fucking podcast. That's a good question. I don't, I don't want to shit all over this because it's interesting. The whole concept's interesting or whatever. But it's like, we're trying to separate ourselves here. <laughs> yeah it's i don't know it's that weird thing because like joe rogan he does video podcasts and but his, pod, it's, his podcast well, i guess was always video too yeah so it's like and then you can listen to it in audio only which is fine it's i don't know it's a weird there is a weird it's a like, weird name i don't know is that a weird divide that happens in in the podcasting community like it's not podcasting unless it's audio only or can it be video like I think, you know, I mean, I wouldn't, it's like the rectangle, a square, square, rectangle thing. I would, as long as I can listen to it in audio form, like if I can put it on my mm-hmm. headphones and like do work and listen to it, I would consider it a podcast, gotcha. you know, but if I have to sit down and watch it or have a video playing to even listen to it, I don't consider it a podcast. It's a video at that point. That's fair. You know? Yeah. I don't know. And maybe that's like a, like a personal way of looking at it, but how I was introduced to podcast and what I listen to is podcast. What I watch. I don't watch podcast, which is ironic because we're streaming our podcast right now, but that's neither here nor there. You know, we're not going to talk about that, but I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of like a series. In that sense, like I'll watch a TV series, but when it comes to listening to something, I don't like knowing that it has an end date. Like, is that weird? Because then it seems like mm. an audiobook of some sort, you know, like I know that at some point, if I do like it, there's only so many of them. I'm not going to get more of them. It's just this much. Yeah. That's interesting. Because like you listen to like, I'll throw it out there, The Adventure Zone, like they have an ending. But is the there's not a defined ending, I guess. So it's an ending to a certain story, not to the podcast itself. Right. Like I'm gonna keep getting adventure zones. They just may be different and the story may change, but the podcast still resumes, you know. Whereas this is they're like, you get seven. There may never be another what are they calling it? Sorry. Duckburg Duckburg life. life. There may never be a Duckburg life after these seven. So, like, in my, like, I think when I think of podcasting, again, this could be personal view. When I think of podcasts, it's like a, 
it's a thing. It's not a series. It's a, it's a something you do every week, you know, what, whatever your subject may be like, you know, we didn't come into this quote unquote podcast being like, yo, it's 69 episodes. Is it? Yeah. Like that's it. I want to do 69 episodes because this is the content that I have for those 69 episodes. It's literally going to be, this is live until I get sick of you. You get sick of me or we just run out of shit to talk about, which I don't foresee happening. It's going to be like something else that ends this, but content wise podcasts are out there. You like, you can do a podcast on anything. You can talk about it weeks ago. We talked about the mighty ducks podcast. They were at what? Like 200 episodes. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to do a mighty ducks or ducktales podcast, 200 episodes is a good fucking endpoint. There's not much more information I can get about the subject that you're talking about in 200 episodes. Right. Seven. That one seems like, seems like that would be a finite thing thinking about that. Like such a specific topic would seem like it would be like, okay, this, the next few weeks we're going to cover this and then you'd move on. But like to do 200 episodes. Yeah. Of something be where done. Like, at what... That's a good example. Wow. You know, but they're going to come out and be like, hey, you're going to get this. We know you like the show. The show's great. We've got the original voice actors. Awesome. We only got them for seven episodes, though. You don't get more than that. That's fair. So it's one of those things where, yeah, like, are we going to binge listen to it? Maybe. But it's kind of a bummer, too, because if it is good, which I imagine it will be, I'm going to be super bummed out and pissed off when it's over, especially in so short supply yeah it just seems like it's kind of a i guess gimmick for lack of a better word of just like okay this is our final season so you watch the rest of the you know the the show and then guess what you've got some bonus stuff that you can listen to where it's not over you get to listen to them but then like eventually you're right it's like oh they're they're gone and especially since the voice talent is so freaking good you don't want to ever to end gosh yeah yeah so I that's kind of a love hate thing. I didn't yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Are we gonna listen to it? Probably. Am I gonna be pissed when it's oh. over? Probably. <laughs> God, that show's so good. That show is so unbelievable. When I found out that they were doing one final season, I was like, only three? That's it? Like Oh but you know. Subject for another podcast. Gemini Christmas. Uh so you know how we like uh Mario Kart. We've referenced it many a times on this show. Um, we've actually done a death battle, or death battle, sorry. We've actually done a who would win. Death battle. <laughs> using I like it. Mario Sounds Kart. more metal. No, it's already, <laughs> it, it's already taken. We can't use it. Sure. Um, but Hot Wheels is going to be releasing a Mario Kart Rainbow Road Raceway, and it's up on pre-order right now on Amazon. No? Y'all can't see it I mean, there's in the a- audio. But I'm There's shaking my head left to right vigorously because this is bullshit. All right. Two things. Three things. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. There's probably I a lot of things that I'm going to say in the I next know. couple seconds. First of all, it's not a fucking rainbow road. There are rainbow straightaways. And then there are gray fucking corners because you can't throw up the fucking rainbow <laughs> on the corners. All right. You gave me fucking one straight rainbow track. You gave me a fucking whoopty rainbow track and then you gave me two four inch fucking rainbow tracks all right attached to a gray curve 
a gray curve, and a gray starting area. Hot Wheels, why did I not get a full Rainbow Road? I do not remember in my original Rainbow Road that I drove over gray pieces of said Rainbow Road. All right, it's a fucking Rainbow Road. You know what colors are in a rainbow? Not that fucking color. All right, second thing, weakest fucking Hot Wheels track I've ever seen in my life. My rainbow rolls come with fucking loop-de-loops and shit and little spinny spins, right? <laughs> They're like, hey, we're going to give you a backwards S. It's not even a full rainbow, but we're going to go back to that nostalgia plug. You want this, and now you can take pre-orders on a fucking Hot Wheels track. Why do I need to pre-order a fucking Hot Wheels track? It's Hot Wheels. Just put it out there, Hot Wheels. It makes no fucking sense. It's not a It's Why? Why do I have to pre-order it? I don't want to fucking pre-order it. I want to walk into goddamn Walmart and buy Hot Wheels. You know what? Fuck you. Fuck that. I don't like it. Get that shit out of here. Fuck that shit. It's not a rainbow road. It's not even close. It's like a third of a rainbow road. Here's, here's my one gripe with it, right? Rainbow road, notoriously hard because it doesn't have guardrails. Guess what this features predominantly? Guardrails. <laughs> it's only the rainbow part that doesn't have guardrails. That makes it even fucking worse. You're I like, hey, the wild. most dangerous part of this track, we're going to put guardrails and tracks on. But the rainbow part, don't worry. It's trackless, but it only goes straight. I, I just, it's, it's fucking stupid. It's, it's stupid. What, what's more stupid is that people are going to buy this thing and try to sell it on eBay for twice the fucking price because Which, they came out and was like, pre order it. And pre-order just means, like, we don't have enough. We made this limited. So we can make our money guaranteed for what it costs us to make it, plus profit. And you guys can make more money on it because it's, quote-unquote, limited. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Like, and not only that, it's $120. I didn't even look at that. I don't even want to talk about that. I don't even want to. I want you to know that I looked at this earlier and I was just like, this is dumb. This is what I don't like. And for some reason, you bring it up in the news and it immediately just clicks a goddamn fuse in my body. That's just like, it's time to blow up on this shit. You don't like this. This is bad. And I don't know what it is about being live or being on the podcast. I, Dude, some of this shit just makes me fucking mad. It really does. I do not understand. This is stupid. Though. This is my favorite part of the show. Me bringing up stuff to you and just like sometimes, most of the times you're very positive, even if it's something that's like, eh, you're usually like, yeah, but then certain things just just get you. And Dude. This, this episode especially, I brought up stuff that's just like, I'm getting this goat right now. Like I said, <laughs> it, I've I looked through the show notes. Okay, you guys, I don't come blind to this. I I looked through what we're gonna talk about today, and the entire time I'm looking through it, I was like, oh, this is a good story. This is dope. Okay, I understand why we're talking about this. And the minute we start talking about it, my like mind knows that other people are gonna hear this, and it's like. Tell your true feelings, Toby. Fucking get him. Fuck him. him. And I just freak the fuck out. I don't know what it is, bro. Like, I do not know what it is. But, like, the more that I look at this picture of this rainbow road, okay, it's just bullshit. And maybe it's because I should have put the Toys R Us note on the bottom. I think that's what set off the fire. I don't know. I want to apologize and say you're welcome to the things that you get out of my mouth sometimes because I will lose my shit. I'm going to lose it. So good. This is stupid. This is stupid. 
I so hate yeah, that it's pre-ordered. You like Mario, and you know you want you want a nice Hot Wheel track that is a little overpriced for what it is. Bro, <laughs> I am the proud owner it. of a Hot Wheels Rocket League Arena. Okay, a hundred and fifty dollar fucking Hot Wheels thing that has Rocket League RC cars on it. I am the proud owner. Do not get That's me wrong. Cool. Did not pay full price for that, but it does hit me. All right, Rocket League Arena gave me RC cars, a soccer ball, and a fucking arena. This one says it's going to give me a rainbow road. That's not a fucking rainbow road. It's nowhere even close to a rainbow road. It's fucking micro machines on a Hot Wheels track. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's not even all rainbow. It's not even all rainbow. You could just connect the rainbow pieces, and there you go. (laughs) Here's a ramp. It's not even enough to like do anything. It's a not rainbow even a ramp. Third of the whole track. Oh it really, yeah. It's uh, it's disgusting. Like I'm not I'm not oh cool with this. It's and it only so comes with two fucking funny. pieces. It doesn't even come with enough fucking pieces to fill the whole tracks. It's bullshit. There's five tracks. They're like, oh. here's two cars. Buy the extra cars. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I can't even race with my friends when I get it. People will be bringing over their, you know, toilet bowl Hot Wheel and be like, will this work? Will this work? That's not Mario, Steven. Get that shit out of here. Fucking micro machines aren't goddamn Mario Kart. Tell your mom, join the online sensation, buy the fucking Mario Karts. Buy the Mario Karts. Well, my friend, let's move on to something that you could, I mean, you can still get fired up. Yeah. So, Mount Rushmore of pop culture. This was something that I had this weird thought over the weekend of like, if I had a Mount Rushmore, who would I put on it? Who's people from my life? I mean, obviously not personal, but more like pop culture-y kind of thing. Who are the people that like kind of help mold and shape what I am today? So the real question, are we talking about like personally or like generalizing a pop culture icons onto a mountain? Somebody who did it gets. So the second question I have on that, is it character based or creator based? Cause like I have a number See, one that I would, I would put on this Mount, Mar- Mount Rushmore. That is a, is a person that sure. created something, not necessarily a character in itself. Yeah. 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 That's where I would go. There's the creators more than the characters. Cause yeah, you can throw up the characters, but it's really the people behind the characters that make them so good. Right. Maybe? Okay. I, I, I have two. There's what, four, five on Mount Rushmore? And then, like, I think it's harder when you start talking about general pop culture because it depends what you're talking about. And this is where it gets difficult even on a personal level because you're like, well, what aspect of myself do I throw up there? Because it's not just, like, one thing. It's, like, many things. Yeah. So I have two that I would put on my personal Mount Rushmore. The first one being some somebody that would be on anybody's Mount Rushmore of pop culture, and that's Stan Lee. Stan Lee makes it on any pop culture Mount Rushmore ever, no matter what. That man is up there in his glasses, posted up. He's he's the George Washington of our our pop culture Mount Rushmore. Yeah. For me the creator of the modern Yeah. Yeah. Superhero. Yeah. I mean modern modern heroes in general. Like back in the day they had like you know, the Greek gods and stuff that they would turn to that they would write about. But for us, 
our more our modern mythos is is the x-men is spider avengers is spider-man is yeah. the hulk is you know these characters that we know and love and it all comes from comics and stanley being kind of a standalone almost guy where everybody knows stanley especially this time where we've got movies that are making damn near two billion dollars yeah and it's all I based mean, off of these silly characters because like comic book fans they're gonna know like jack kirby should be up there with him but he's not because he wasn't the face of the things that we saw when we were growing up he wasn't stanley was you know stanley's up there for me on a pop culture i have to put george a romero up there because Mm. he is the reason that i am into a genre such as zombies and as a child like no other genre of pop culture that i ever knew before because like even stan lee was a household name at that time but didn't mean as much to me, you know, not, not nearly as much as what Romero did in what I liked and what I watched, you know, given as my life grew longer, Stanley became a bigger part of it where George A. Romero started like my pop culture icon kind of thing before I knew what pop culture was, you know, sure. he's the reason that I'm in love with zombies and he's why I delve into that subject in general. So those are that's my two, good, for sure. That's good. Because like I was thinking on the horror aspect, and, and the first one that kind of sprung to mind immediately was Stephen King. And not necessarily for the writing aspect, even though that's kind of where it all stems from. It's for the movies, because I've seen... I could see that. Countless Stephen King's movies that range from something like Misery, that isn't an outright horror movie, but it is. To yeah. something that is like it, where it is like straight up like. Well, you I'm look at like the Langoliers, same thing. Like mm-hmm. the Langoliers is a monster movie, but it's not the monsters that is a scary part. Yeah. You know, with a lot of Stephen King stuff. That's a good pull. That's somebody I didn't think about and somebody I grew up a lot with because my mom has read every Stephen King book ever written and Richard Bachman book and whatever else he puts out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good pull. I think Stephen King fits up there. That's that's an interesting pull, actually. Because you're right. I think he did a lot for the genre in general. And, you know, for most of us who know his stuff from the movies, his books were on a totally different level, you know? Like, for anyone that yeah. hasn't read the It book, it's fucked up. That book is fucked up. There is, like... Thank you trains and sexual things and fucking adolescent like crazy shit in that book that is not included in any movie you've ever seen whether it be the old one or the new one i've never read it i date a girl that enjoys stephen king's books i grew up with a mother that we every birthday and christmas bought a stephen king book for you know that's cool i i 100 percent agree with that i think i think he fits up there his weirdo fucking square glasses and shit that he wears. He's such like he fits in his own universe, oddly enough, because he's such an odd looking fella. But like oh, yeah. you gotta appreciate a guy who's so blunt about like his past. He's like, Yeah, I did a lot of cocaine. Oh yeah, during the filming of uh oh shit, I forgot the name, the truck movie where they come alive. God bless it. But you know, maximum overdrive. Okay. Like, I was he, like, I don't I don't know. That's, that's that's the only movie he ever directed himself. Usually people adapt it for, from his books and stuff, get the permission and do all that themselves. And, you know, whether he likes them or not is kind of whatever. But 
Yeah, I just and in the nineties he did this great thing where he had these like mini televised television mini movies with like it or Rose Red and I'm at or Storm of the Century. We would go over to my cousin's house and the adults would watch it while the rest of us get to play. But I just remember having a connection with me where I knew, oh, we're gonna go hang out with Jeff and Amanda because there's a new Stephen King miniseries that's coming out that the adults want to watch together so they can talk and have fun and you know do whatever so it's got a fond place in my heart and that was definitely one that came up early along with stanley stanley absolutely 100 percent. and you know i've talked about him at length uh before stephen king i we're gonna have to do an episode on him just even thinking and talking about him because it's like one of those things where like his most memorable movie to people is the shining and the shining when it was made, Stephen King hated, like did not like the production of that movie, did not like the direction that that movie went and eventually made a TV series that was done with his guidance. That was 10 times better than the movie. And it was longer. It was able to explain more of the story. And I didn't know about the TV series until I met Daisy. Daisy actually, mm-hmm. Daisy actually showed me the the miniseries. We ended up buying it in Estes Park, the where the Stanley is. And the same day that we ended up going on the Stanley Ghost Tour, um, just cool little things with the Stephen King living in yeah. Colorado, you know. Especially yeah. considering he's from Maine, I think. Maine. He lives on yeah, that's Missouri's. right. Everything's everything's based out everything's in Maine. Based, like, yeah. He had one trip here in Colorado and he stayed there and that's where he got the idea of it. And it's like, that's so freaking rad. What was cool too is like when you go through on the ghost tour, they don't normally show you the room that Stephen King stayed in because it's normally booked up like throughout the year. They usually show you the Stanley yeah. Steamer room, the guy that created Stanley Steamer. The weekend that we were there, no one had checked into that room yet until later. So we actually got to go into that room, which was cool. So it's a crazy hotel. If you're ever in Colorado, you should definitely visit it. The Stanley is uh, the city itself. Estes Park itself is one of the most beautiful cities in Colorado. It's one of the most beautiful towns in Colorado. Uh, but the Stanley, the Overlook, overlooks a lot of Estes Park. And it's it's an amazing, gorgeous, beautiful place to be let alone yeah. the creepiness behind it, because it does have a past, whether you like it or not. So who's our fourth now, one? So we have see, Stephen King, I, George A. Romero, Stanley. George Romero, Stanley. Um, Spielberg came to mind, because he's done so many things, from Jaws to E.T. to uh, BFG. Like He's one of those guys that has done so much that he's just so part of the lexicon that I don't know if he goes in my personal or if he's more just like a general pop culture because he has shaped movies as we know it, whether it's him working on Indiana Jones or any of the other thousands of things. He's just touched on Animaniacs. He helps with the whole resurgence of like good animation in the 90s. He had a big part in that. So that's another reason why I kind of go Spielberg because not only did he touch movies, he also touched television and animation in particular. So it's like... so. When we're talking about like a director, it gets real weird because like if you put you're 100 percent right, Spielberg should probably be in the talks. Um, But like when I put it in the subject of like pop culture, would 
Tarantino be big, be bigger in that like genre. If you if you wanted to put it under that title, like a pop culture title, Spielberg has created a lot of pop culture things and directed a lot of these things, but Tarantino is probably the bigger name of the two when it becomes to pop culture movies. That's a oh. that's a debate right there. Oh, that's tough, dude. Like, I get where you're coming from with Tarantino because his movies, he's so selective. Like, he's only done, what, 15 movies or something like that? Not nearly the amount that Spielberg has, but each one of them are so definitively different than the previous one, and he's not afraid to take chances or do things that normally would be frowned upon by Hollywood. Like, And he has a <sighs> style. Like, there yeah. is a you're not going to look at a Spielberg movie and be like, yeah, that was directed by Spielberg. It could have been directed by any director, but his name attached to it makes it a bigger movie than what it necessarily needs to be. Whereas sure. a Tarantino directory or directed movie is a certain style. 90% of the time, like, you know, it's a Tarantino movie after watching it. It's like, was that Tarantino? Because he has a certain style. Same thing. If yeah. you wanted to bring up like a Tim Burton, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's a certain style that goes along with those two versus like Spielberg's name is attached to a lot of big pop culture things, but it's not necessarily mm. a style for him that makes it big. Whereas the Tarantino movies would have been bad, maybe if it was directed by someone else. Same thing with the Tim Burton. Ooh, fuck, that's good, dude. Like they, you're right. Cause I mean, if Spielberg wasn't so broad in his spectrum of things you could definitely see his watermarks but tarantino because it's a smaller pool we're grabbing from you can definitely see his watermarks the the ultra violent gore the overtop the long dialogues the conversation stuff like that oh dude that's good yeah but then you throw tim burton and i'm completely like oh fucking tim burton takes it yeah that's the thing like <laughs> If you put it into like, this is where it becomes like a personal versus like a general conversation. Because if you look at it in a certain way, a lot of these names work in general. But from a personal standpoint, I would take a Tarantino or a Burton before I took a Spielberg 100% of the time. Even though maybe I like the movies that Spielberg did better in a certain sense or a certain subject. But overall, if I was going to take a director, Spielberg wouldn't be top of that list. That's fair. Holy shit. Like, we have oh, to put one man. of those up there, though, right? Like, there has to be a director. And, like, I put Romero up there, but I feel that, like, if you're talking about the general public, a Tarantino or a Burton would beat out Romero a thousand percent of oh, the time. For sure. For sure. Even though <laughs> Romero is what gave us what we know is that genre today, yes. it means a lot less in the terms of pop culture as a whole than like a Tarantino movie, because there could be cons of Tarantino movies or, you know, Burton movies. Burton. I'd have to go Burton. That's my dude through and through since, uh, the original Pee Wee Herman's, um, movie, like, yeah, big adventure. I watched that Tim Burton, probably a hundred times, like, and Batman, like, uh, Tim there's another milestone for me. Like, uh, it, yeah, like Mars Attacks. People may not like oh, that movie. It's on my watch list. Incredible. I haven't been able to talk Daisy into it, watching it yet, but it's amazing. so weird. And the star power he has in it is insane. <laughs> and the fact that oh, I, ow, 
Yeah, Burton would be my dude if I had to choose one. But that's my personal. I agree. But, I yeah. It, it's hard to deny, even though like I'm, I never search him out. Like when he comes out with stuff, his name just brings such clout that you want to yeah. watch the movie. You know, Dumbo being the prime example. Was that movie good? No. Did we all watch it because Tim Burton's name was attached to it? Fuck yes, we did. Like that was what we did. So it's one yeah. of those things where like when we get to the end of like Mount Rushmore of pop culture, it's very tough because it is somewhat personalized and somewhat generalized at the same time. It's a very fine line to define pop culture as a whole, especially for other people. Yeah. It, it is a very personal thing where like you might have your general, but you know, you're like, okay, these are the guys who like shaped pop culture and you could throw out names, but then that would change like from person to person. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, what's kind of fun about this is trying to be like, who and even for myself like do i go tolkien or do i go gary gygax who do i pull from to go because on that they mountain? were Is it yeah 100 percent. because tolkien gave us gary gygax like at the end of the yeah. day like he wouldn't be or he wouldn't have created what he did if it wasn't for the the inspiration that tolkien gave him you know the characters or whatever that tolkien gave him so it, you're in a weird in between place where like Mount Rushmore pop culture would be a, a forever changing LED screen of faces because 20 years from now, who are we going to look back that brought <laughs> stuff? Will Wheaton, like, does he make the cut for Mount Rushmore pop culture? But in 20 years, well, if he made such an impact in our generation that we'll look back and thank Will Wheaton for making nerd shit cool. Will we thank yeah. Henry Cavill for putting a face to all the nerd stuff as well as being a beautiful, ripped, jacked man that almost did not become Superman because he was raiding in World of Warcraft? Will he be a pop culture icon in 20 years like Stan Lee was to us 20 years ago now? You know? Yeah. It's hard to say. That's an ever-changing Mount Rushmore that I would suggest not putting that clay through the kiln ever yeah yeah oh man it's tough it's not easy you almost have to go like break it down and be like okay who's on your mount rushmore of music you know to kind of be like but it's yours who's your uh mount rushmore of horror genre yeah. you almost have to break it down to such a minute tiny little okay for horror it's a lot easier because it's like yes i can name those almost easily but then the broad strokes of it all of the pop culture is like it could be anybody. that's the thing you're 100 percent right it it no matter what the discussion has to be personalized because people were into different things especially from being a child to an adult you know when i was yeah. growing up horror zombies those were big parts of my life and over the years like it at some point you can only watch something so much before you have to expand your horizons so like what yeah. I grew up with versus what I'm interested in now may be different, but the things that I grew up with were a big part of my life. Whereas the things that I watch now are a big part of my life. So like what takes up, that's what I was saying. Like the Mount Rushmore, it has to be personalized and it's forever changing. And a lot of the things that we speak on this podcast are forever changing. It's just one of those things. What may be my favorite today 
or when I was 10 may be different than what I favor when I'm 40, when I'm 60. And I'm forever trying to catch new stuff. But all the new stuff that I watch always comes down to a a thing of my childhood, a thing that I yeah. liked and what kind of set me on the path of being like, this is dope. I'm going to keep track of this. I may check in once a year. I may check in once every 10 years. But it'll always be in the back of my mind that I like this. You ever do that thing where you'll go back and watch stuff that you like loved as a kid and then you watch it again and you're like, why? Why did I like this? Like we did that years SpongeBob. ago with um, SpongeBob? Me and SpongeBob have a love hate relationship um, because I watched a lot of SpongeBob when I was like, and Sp- you got to get, you got to think. SpongeBob came out when I was like, that's what, 2000? 2001? 99. 99. 99. So I'd have been 10 years old when SpongeBob came out. Um, I didn't have cable my entire life. So I was on and off of SpongeBob growing up, but watched all of SpongeBob when I was like 16, 17, especially when I got into recreational medicinal extras. Um, As I became an adult, it seems ridiculous that this is what they let me watch as a kid. Like it's one of those things. It's so good. We watched the it new is, movie. Movie. The movie's over ridiculous. The with and David Hasselhoff. No, the new one. They just came oh, out. Oh, oh yeah. With they have the same graphics that they're trying to to push with the um with the Rugrat stuff with the new Rugrat stuff. I don't like that graphic stuff. It's it's weird. It's weird because it's like this realistic but not quite 3D rendering and it looks really nice, but it's also like, it's not the hand drawn stuff in, in all the different movies that always try something new, whether it's live action or whatever, but it's good. It's, it's exactly what you want SpongeBob to be. You know, this almost like childlike young adult. It's still Thomas that Kenny, right? Just, that's voicing it. Yeah. Tom Kenny's still the, I mean, it's still the same voice people that have been doing it since the beginning, which is amazing on itself. Yeah. But, uh, that's neither here or there, but um, Mount Rushmore, man. Yeah, it's we'll have to continue one. this conversation at at some point because, like I said, it's it's one of those things that's like I can't set it in concrete, even though the subject of Mount Rushmore means it's set in concrete. Stanley is my only yeah. forever person on there, a hundred percent. There are there are certain ones where you feel like no, they will definitely be a part of it, and. You know, it's but it's just like the mood you're in for that for that 100%. minute. You know, but yeah. Um, let's see. So, um, yeah, we talked about Colorado having a big storm, and before we get mm-hmm. out of here today, we are gonna we're gonna touch on a little bit of nostalgia as we do here at the Retro Pod. and we got something. As adults, that I never thought we'd that we'd get, and <laughs> we got a snow day. We got, got we a got told snow day. <laughs> for for those of you guys that don't know, Rick and I work together. It is how we met. It is how our friendship has been built. Um, and it has turned into this beautiful thing that we call the Retro Nomopod. And normally, ever do we ever get snow days? I worked uh-huh. on days that there was a a bomb cyclone which i mm-hmm. didn't even know existed but i worked that day i was there and that's scary 
it was it was something for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we got a snow God. day. So <clears throat> for <clears throat> for nostalgia this week, I wanted to talk about snow days. Um, snow. And this doesn't necessarily this isn't going to be a, necessarily a long nostalgia part, but I do want to talk about it because like as an adult, we don't get snow days. There isn't there isn't calls from work. You know, our job does not allow us to work from home. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that like it's so rare in our life that it makes me think about snow days when I was growing up and as a kid, I felt like I never got enough of them. Like there was not enough snow in the world to give me enough snow days. As an adult, I look back and I realized that I was very blessed with all the snow days that I got <laughs> as a child. Uh, because those are just non-existent as an adult. So I just want to take a little bit of time and I want to talk about snow days. And what they meant to you as a child and what you did on these free days off from childhood responsibility. Like what, what was Rick's day full of when you woke up and you looked outside and there was 13 inches of snow because you and I grew up in two totally different places and what your 13 inches of snow did to your town versus what my 13 inches of snow did to my town were two totally different things because I remember my, my first snowfall, like major snowfall in Colorado and like what I thought it was going to be to what it ended up being two totally different things. Well, the wild thing is, is like the snowstorms we get now aren't what they were when I was a kid, when I was a kid, it would actually stick around for a day. It wouldn't burn off by the next day and we'd be fine. No, they actually used to stick around. Um, but that's neither here or there. Uh, a full day, it would be like, well, you know, after we kind of, you know, mom gets us up and, hey, you got a snow day today. It would be like, well, I'm up. We're going to do this. So, you know, it's it's watch whatever midday programming might be on until, you know, kids are kind of up and rousing, whether it's the Rosie O'Donnell uh, talk show that was on during the mid-90s. Let me bring something up before we get too far into this conversation. Okay. Because we're on the subject of things that kids do not get to deal with nowadays. When we were kids, and it was shitting snow outside, I woke up early, and I turned Mm -hmm. the TV on, and I turned it to the news Mm -hmm. channel, and I waited (laughs) across the bottom marquee when it said school closures. All right? I waited. My elementary school, Lillian Emery, no longer existing. I had to wait for the L's. All right. And I waited on that channel and I waited. J's, <laughs> K's, L's. No Lillian Emery. I was like, no, mama. Oh, I swear they're going to be on here. All these other schools are closed. Let's just wait for it to the next round. The next round comes. You get through the letters. Your school name still doesn't pop up. It was like, son of a bitch. I'm going to school. And then that third time around, these, these, Schools are updated and the marquee's going. And then all of a sudden, Lillian Emery Elementary School closed today. 
No way, Mama! I'm off of school. There is no. I told you. Remote learning. There is. There is nothing. Today yep. you are off. You can do whatever you want. Get your clothes on. Look like Randy from A Christmas Story. Go outside. Do whatever the fuck you want. Get out of my face, because I don't want you in the house. Just go outside. That was the childhood. Kids these days get emails. They get text messages on their phone calls. Their parents get emails. There is no watching the news in the morning and being like, oh, shit. Like, it was a countdown to the lottery. But there was a lot of lottery listings. And, like... How disappointed you were when that that popped up, Lillian Emery Elementary School, two hour delay. You know, it, it just it's one of those things that you know. Again, we talk about this being a nostalgia podcast and stuff, and it's not necessarily based on subjects, but stuff that brings you back that kids will never get to experience again. We were the last generation to wake up in the morning and go straight to the TV, turn on the channel. You're watching the news. You don't give a shit about the news. All you're watching is the nope. names of the schools scrolling across the bottom. Community colleges, high schools, middle schools. You're just waiting, <laughs> knowing that your school is going to be on there. And it may or may not have been on there. There may be times where you went to school where another school didn't. Your name just never popped up on the list. The school you went to, there was no phone calls. There was no emails. It was you watching the the local news channel to see if you got the day off from school. The great thing about when your school wasn't called and you had to go to school anyway is that you would go in class and you look at your guys, you know, your fellow classmates, and you'd be like, I heard that our superintendent is from Alaska, and that's why they're not going to give us any snow days. For you'd make real, up some bullshit dude. reason like, you're like they're from up north they're a canadian that's how that's why we don't get days up. like making up any excuse of why that's you're so here funny because snow. like there are many of like principals that were new to me growing up that that was the rumor it was like no yeah. he's from yeah. minnesota he doesn't give snow days it wasn't <laughs> yeah. fucking up to that guy but we didn't know that that was the king that was the ruler if fucking mr johnson decided that we didn't get the snow day off because he walked uphill to school both ways and four That's foot right. of snow then we didn't get the fucking day off like that just wasn't it you know whereas in all actuality is if the buses couldn't go pick up kids they couldn't do school because that was how we got to fucking school yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was from alaska that's so fucking funny <laughs> That's the kind of shit you do, you know? You just you make up any goddamn excuse on why we're freaking here. He's from Alaska. Uh, he's from Alaska. Those are straight rumors that it. we grew up with, 100%. Yeah, truly, Again, truly. things kids today won't know is like we grew up making fun of our principals because we didn't get snow days because they were from the great white north. And it was That's just right. what it was. They were evil. They knew what snow was. It wasn't dangerous. They, we could go to school. Learning was more important than safety at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so for me, when I had snow days, I was a baseball player growing up. So of course I had a favorite pastime and that was snowball fights. So like mm. I didn't grow up in like a neighborhood per se. Like we grew up with houses around. Um, I lived pretty close to the projects. I wasn't allowed to play stuff with them. It was a weird childhood that I grew up with, but 
away from that. I grew up snowball fighting and sledding. Those were the mm-hmm. two things. I mean, main things in my childhood. We were trying to find something to slide down real fast. Or we were mm-hmm. circling snow in our hands until it became glass. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean? Yeah. Dip it into the water just a little <laughs> bit. Let it freeze enough. Sit this one off to the side, that's bro. That's for Timmy. Up. That yeah, little yeah, asshole said sit to me last week. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> that one's for Timmy. Jared. You know what he did. Everyone else is getting regular snowballs. So, you know, we've talked about this before, but like I played video games growing up. But I predominantly, probably just like you, I was raised outside. Like, I was meant to go outside. My mom watched her soap operas. My dad, you know, did what dad things do. I don't remember. But I got to play outside. It was, it was. hey, you're pissing me off. You need to go outside or I'm going to hit you. Yeah. Like, oh. those were my options. I remember, I remember those. Those You get your stuff up and go outside. Oh, yeah. oh I fucked up. Next step is a frying Mom, pan. Mom, do you know where my... You know what? Never mind. Never mind. I'm going I'm out in socks and out. trash bags because that's what I have today. <laughs> Get your boots on, you idiot! I've got Kroger bags wrapped around my feet because that was waterproof back in the day. Rubber bands around the ankles and Kroger bags around the feet because I couldn't find my winter boots and I wasn't asking Mom. Uh, yeah, sledding. We had this great... We called it the green belt, but it's basically just a bunch of hills that led into, like, I, a storm drain, essentially, but like there was this one <laughs> something, right? But like, what was great is there was this gradual hill. It would first stop off, kind of, you know, very easy for those e- younger kids, but then it would get steeper and steeper. And then there was this one right next to a let out of a storm drain, concrete, mind you. You could climb up into it, and we would go down that shit. That was the devil's backbone, where you just like the devil might backbone. die. <laughs> you might die. But you'll be a goddamn badass. That's a legend. For sure. We're like, Fucking, oh, you did you see Rick? You'd be, you'd that be some bitch went down the devil's backbone. There was only like six inches of snow on the ground. We couldn't believe yeah. it. At one point, after sledding down that enough, there was a divot that started forming. So it actually got a ramp to it. So oh, this great. thing is a good eight feet, like from the ground to begin with. Let alone you shooting out from it. Oh, fuck! Just kids hucking themselves into danger. Just. And when I they hurt themselves, that. they're like, we can't tell mom. She'll be pissed. Like, oh, I'll limp home, them. and then I'm going to play video games for the rest of the day. Because otherwise, I'm going to be in big trouble. Because I got hurt going outside, yeah. like my parents told yeah. me to do. It's just a different generation, dude. I, again, <laughs> I will gladly tell people all the time why our generation is the best generation. And that we grew up with the best of both worlds. And it brings up the, like, the question... We talked about ethics a little earlier today. There are, with COVID, there is now so much remote learning that there was a child in the school system last year that protested snow days because they were not getting them because all the kids were set up for remote learning. If they had to stay home from school because of snow, they still had to go to class because they were remote learning. We actually had a um email come out for us that was like for those kids who are doing hybrid learning who are going physically to school that for snow days they were still required to log in and do work on snow days that was an email that we actually received from douglas county that's bullshit that's some bullshit bullshit. (laughs) all right yeah a snow day is a snow day 
Like, I get to stay home from work. I get to stay home from school. This is a free school. day. And Mother Nature, God, whatever you want to believe in, they gave me a freebie. <laughs> Today is my freebie. Yeah. To think that kids... You know, and I'm going to say all the time, I think kids have it easier today, especially in school and stuff. COVID aside, like, there was nothing that kept us from going to school growing up. Nothing. I mean, I I did whatever I could to get out of going to school sometimes. And nowadays, like, even to take those small luxuries away from kids, they're already going to get it taken away when they become adults. You're not teaching them how to become adults and what the real world's like. So at least give them those luxuries as children. Give them their snow days. Give them the day off. Hey, Mother Nature said, not today, bitch. Do not have to do this. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll cover all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Because as you become an adult, you're not going to get those things anymore. And it sucks. It sucks for kids. I think they have an easy on for the most part. But there are certain things in this world that technology is really hurting them on. And certain pleasures that we had growing up that they'll never have growing up because technology just does not allow it. No, no, no. Yeah. Snow days. Absolutely. I want more of them. Man, I just remember like a kid would get hurt and there'd be that moment of, do we stay and help him or do we scatter? And then everybody just take off that shit out of hell. Yeah, no. I'm leaving Uh, everyone for dead, dude. (laughs) I'm making it home. It's it's your own stupid ass fault that you Peace, you're gone, you know. But God, I love snow days. Well, we are running a little bit long here today. So if you don't have anything else, we want to wrap this thing up. Let's do this. Cool. So as always, you guys can find me at Retronomapod across the board, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, even though I don't do much on Twitch anymore. Um, Facebook and Instagram, always the best. You guys can also find us at the Retronomicon. Wait, let me rephrase. Retronomicon podcast at gmail.com. I may be changing that soon to make it easier on everybody. Uh, otherwise, Retronomapod on our socials and uh, join the Facebook group. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Serial Kilter on most of the socials out there. Facebook, great place to go for everything you'd ever want to know or what's going on at the retronomapod also uh, if you guys enjoy bye. the content yep. leave that five-star review if you have an iphone apple podcast it really helps for our uh visibility um the more good reviews that we have the more visible we are to random ass people so tell your friends word of mouth is the best way for us to grow but it also helps if you have an iphone to leave us a review on apple podcast i believe that's the only place you can do it I'll have to double check Amazon and Audible, but as of right now, as far as I know, the best way to help us out is five-star review on iTunes. We appreciate it. We'll forever love you. Awesome. It's great. It's amazing. Thank you. Word of mouth is definitely the next best. Just tell somebody. Tell five people. I don't know. But to take us out the way that we always do with the weird question of the week, it's a Ouija board the best way for kids to learn their ABCs and one, two, threes. (laughs) Thank y'all for joining this week's episode of the Retro Namapod. We hope you enjoy and we will catch you all next week. Good night. (laughs) 